Welcome to our weekly devotional. This week, I want to look at Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs, as you know, is mostly written by Solomon. But in Proverbs 30, we get a chapter that starts by telling us these are the words of Agar, son of Jacob, his utterance or oracle. And I want to explore this. It stood out to me when you say, this is his oracle. It reminded me, of course, of Socrates. As a philosophy professor, I thought of Socrates going to the oracle at Delphi. One of his students went there and asked the oracle at Delphi, who is the wisest? And Socrates said, or the oracle, which is supposedly the god Apollo, said, the, uh, Socrates is the wisest. And so that started Socrates' quest to find out if that could be true or not. And what he concluded was that the god meant the wisest person is he who, like Socrates, knows that he doesn't know. And that's the totality of the insight Socrates came to. So let's compare that to what Agur does. And I think you're going to find that Agur is far superior to Socrates, and not simply because you find him in revealed uh, scripture, but because he's doing philosophical work that Socrates and other philosophers and all of us can and should have done. Specifically, he starts off here, surely I am more stupid than any man and do not have the understanding of a man. Now, I don't take that just to be self-deprecation or false humility. He's beginning with a deep insight about the human condition, just like the oracle that Socrates supposedly uh, was, was told by, a, by Apollo, the man who, like Socrates, knows he doesn't know is the wisest. He's beginning here and saying, I'm more stupid than any man. Why? Because I don't have the understanding. And now look at what he says in, in verse three. What is the understanding that he should have had? I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. That's what he should have known. Socrates never comes to that conclusion. He stays in his unbelief. He's an idolater who consulted the oracle at Delphi, rather than going to the true God who he could have known from general revelation. And so Agar begins where we all should begin, recognizing his sin, and that his sin is primarily that he's not learned what he should have. He doesn't know God. Verse 4, who's ascended into heaven or descended? Who's gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? That's amazing because those are very similar things to what God asks Job. So here we have in Agar somebody similar to Job. He's recognizing only God could do those things. And those are all general revelation things. And then in, in, in this last sentence there of verse four, it it's, continues to just be amazing. What is his name? What is his son's name? If you know, who is the one who is ascended into heaven? or descended into heaven. Now that gives us into Christology and anticipating Christ. But I think it's also something that we could know from general revelation, the son being the one who makes the father known. So not simply the incarnation, but the son in the sense that John chapter one speaks about it, the one who makes God known. That's who Agar is looking for. And then verse 5, every word of God is pure, and it 
it gives in, in here, it gives you a footnote to tell you what the word pure means is tested or refined. The word of God is sure. You can, you can be sure of it. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. And this makes me think, of course, of the armor of God, the shield of faith. He, yeah, those who know the word of God, and again, interesting, word of God and John, anticipating John chapter one and the son of God, but the word of God is a shield to those who put their trust in him. So he says, don't add to his words, lest he rebuke you and be found a liar. This is warning those who have neglected and ignored the revelation of God, whether it's in general or special revelation, to say, don't add to those. Don't change that. You should know what they say. That should be your focus in contrast to false teachers. And now in the rest of the chapter, he gets into applications of this, which are certainly worth our time. I'm going to just specifically look at what he says in seven, two things I request of you, two things. What does Agar want? And he says, don't deprive me, deprive me not before I die. First, remove falsehood and lies far from me. So that gets back to his first concern. I want to know the truth. I should have understood the truth. It's that which makes me a human. And give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of the Lord my, or the name of my God. So in life, we often want more than we have. If I just had more money, I'd be doing better in my life. I just wish I had that extra bit of money. And, and Agar is saying, if I knew God, I'd be content in that. So really, I think what he's doing here, it really is interesting, connecting the first commandment, knowing God, and the 10th commandment, contentment. My contentment is in knowing God, so that I always seek him, rather than being rich or being poor. So as an application of uh, what he says in the first verses. So back up to the top. Surely I am more stupid than any man and do not have the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. The wisdom of Agar, far superior to the wisdom of the philosophers. 